bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Greetings and welcome along to this week's Talker United Devon Live Yellow Army Herald Express podcast. Yeah, we always say those things in different order every week just to keep people on their toes. A bit like um, Faulty Towers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much like Faulty Towers, in fact. Um, uh, Guy yeah. and David here this week. We uh, Apologies for absence. Last week we were sunning ourselves in different parts of Europe. You were slogging up hills. In Greece. In yes, Greece, and yes. I was, I was doing test- my Lance Armstrong impression. Not. And I was testing um, beach bars in Portugal. Well done. So, uh, Good. Somebody had to do it, so we, we just got on with it. Richard is not with us this week. He's away. Very good reason. Preparing for his wedding. Absolutely. At Gets the married on the weekend. Very good luck. Very good luck. Congratulations to Richard and Nell. Have yeah. a great day. And we're looking forward to enjoying it with them, I yes, think. Yes, indeed. We? Yeah. we are indeed. So we can't begin this week's Talk United podcast without uh, without talking about Norman Medhurst. Absolutely, right. Who, uh, who sadly died last At week. At the end of last yeah. week, yeah. And, uh, uh, I was away and, and yeah. sort of saw it on the way home. I was uh, kindly texted me, Cedric Munslow kindly texted yeah. me to tell me, and uh, immediately you start th- an awful lot of memories flood back. Yes, they do. Uh, yeah. About a, a, an absolutely top bloke. Um, yeah. And and in obviously looking, thinking about the paper this week and what we were going to get up online and and you you try and think of a bit of a different angle yeah. to sort of give people an insight into people who knew him obviously many many people who knew him and they've been um you know tweeting and facebooking yeah. about him and and with 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 wonderful memories of him and gratitude for the help that he gave them especially the many players who who he treated here and um and I I I couldn't help think, thinking you know <laughs> All of those, yes, but the one that just sprung to my mind was Mark Loring. Yeah. Who, uh, um, uh, uh, Norman jumped to help when he keeled over with diabetes in uh, just after the the Shepherd Van Trophy final in in uh, 1989, which was a year after Norman had suddenly turned up here. Yeah, I never quite uh, understood how that happened. No, he Cyril and his Knowles family had moved to, yes, to South Devon. They'd moved down yeah. from, from London, where, of course, he was the physio at Chelsea, as his father Harry had been. Yeah. Um, and uh, Norman and Sue made a decision to sort of come away from the city grind and make a new life for themselves down here. And I can remember Cyril Knowles ringing me and saying, um, well, by the way, you know, we were chatting about new faces. And he said, oh, we've got new physio as well. So I said, oh, yeah. And I expected it to be another of the many fine worthy local yeah. people who had worked for the club over the many years and he said <laughs> and I quickly discovered we got the England physio working for us and um, in England's number one is the pop side uh, never tired of chanting and if Norman ever tired of it he'd never showed it no he? quite no no and um, I still think that he's probably the fastest <laughs> physio over the ground that, 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 that yeah. I've seen it, it was, a, it was a, a matter of pride for him that he got to the player in a matter of <laughs> you know the least seconds possible yeah, with, with that rather high kicking run of his yeah. uh, and the fans loved it didn't they absolutely loved it but anyway uh, in 1989 at the end of his first season here uh, Mark Loram uh, uh, was diagnosed with um, uh, diabetes, type yeah. one diabetes as well, and uh, he hadn't been well during the the Sherpa Van Trophy final uh, and in the build up to it. Yeah. It was a very hot day at Wembley, as we anyone who was there and 
twenty odd thousand Torquay fans who went up for that game will remember. Uh, and it was such a shame, apart from anything else, because Mark Lorham, to my belief, was the best player on either side and would have been in most circumstances. Yeah. Uh, and he was never able to quite deliver that day because he was, as we now know, suffering. He collapsed the following week into hospital, type 1 diabetes, four yeah. injections of insulin a day. Whoops. Now, uh, as it's Mark big, Lorham uh, ask, was very quick yeah. to tell me <laughs> in this week, he said, um, <coughs> as anybody who knew him in those days, he wasn't the easiest person to deal with. And he was so open about that. And, and uh, uh, it would have been very easy for Norman in those circumstances to pack him off to the doctors and said, right, you've got to sort mm. this out with your doctor. Now, Norman leapt in to action. Right, yeah. we'll tackle this together. Norman didn't know anything about this sort of stuff anyway. Uh, and as Mark was telling me, they learnt together on the job how to handle these things and how to time the injections, how to do them. Learning curve for both of them. It was, I suppose, and, and it yeah. was typical of Norman that he, he, he you know, he, he, throughout the time I, the years that I knew him, he, he, he was unfailingly helpful and completely non-judgmental about who he was dealing with. You know, it could be somebody he liked enormously, or it could be somebody he didn't think very much of. Yeah. He treated them exactly the same in, in his professional life. I'm not saying he didn't like Mark. I think everybody liked Mark. They just didn't know where he was half the time. <laughs> but but uh, uh, and he, he looked after Mark. Yeah. I remember on away trips, making sure that he had his injections. Uh, um, you know, were they at the right time? Could he train properly? How would it fit into a mid? You know, maybe yeah. a Tuesday night match and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I, I'm, you know. It was it was uh, a, a, an extraordinary uh, yeah. um, little episode in in Norman's time here. Now there's a great picture that you selected yes, to we, use with that. Well, we we, we 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 couldn't find a picture of, of Norman actually treating uh, um, uh, Mark Lorham, but uh, one came up that Richard Hughes, the, the sports editor, quite liked and rightly as well. Um, during the 2003-04 promotion season under Leroy Racine, there's a picture of of David Graham had taken a whack yeah. and of course as anybody who remembers Norman he, he, he was always smiling he, 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 I can't remember him being in a bad mood mm. uh, I'm sure there was one or two um, uh, and uh, uh, Mark, David Graham is looking slightly sorry for himself having taken a whack on the head and Norman has put his head on his shoulder and his huge grin and smiling at him and cheering him up and yeah. saying, I'm sure he's saying, come on man up David, get on with it, you know, sort of thing. But it, it was, it was a, it's a great was a, picture. It is, it, yeah. it is a very evocative picture and, uh, and he was, he was a, such a human sort of character and that's a funny sort of thing to say. We were travelling away to a, 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 one of those funny lower division cup games to Shrewsbury one day when the Gulf War broke out yeah. I can remember sitting next to him on the team coach and and you know men were going off to war and, and that yeah. sort of thing and I can remember him uh, uh, looking at me and thinking football doesn't seem to matter an awful lot when rockets and things are firing around yeah. does he and, and he was that was that would he would be the first to, to sort of say that yeah and um uh, no, and, and when uh, United um, granted him a testimonial in 1995, and uh, uh, I played a very small part in on the organising committee, uh, and the decision was made to to invite two teams of ex-England players yeah. down, uh, and current England internationals down, who who all they all adored him, 
and and uh, um, their response was extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. Was, there were some big names. There, there were, there? and yeah. and and we had to, and and I can remember we 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 sort of made arrangements to sort of you know help with travelling expenses and overnight stuff, etc., etc., etc. And we had a meeting afterwards just to try and the response was incredible. Five thousand plus crowd turned up. Yeah. Lovely sunny evening, I remember, and um, great day. And uh, uh, one of the committee members went down to the couple of the hotels where players had stayed to sort of settle up the bills yeah. and when it was all in the dust so we, so we had a better idea of how much money we'd be able to hand over to Norman and uh, we had a meeting afterwards and he came back and he said well I've been to the Grand and I've been there and I've been there sorry other hotels are available in Turkey <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, this is, <coughs> and this is what we've had to pay and it was a pittance because all the players had yeah. turned around and said no no we're, we'll pay We'll pay it's our good. own way. Very good, um, uh, and that's how they felt about it. Yeah. And of course, during the 1990 World Cup, yeah, Italy, you, you dealt with him on a very yeah, almost he, daily basis. We, we, he gave us the kind of exclusives that we weren't quite sure what to do with. They were so good. He well, was um, we, the, the initial arrangement was that we would, you know, whenever he had a moment, yeah. to ring to maybe give us a ring if he could find find a phone or whatever. It was a very sort of loose arrangement, yeah. and we weren't just, paying him obviously, yeah, so, no, yeah. and, and <laughs> just give him a sort of a. Yeah, an insight into life inside. It was the 1990 finals in yeah. Italy, wasn't it? Um, when um, Paul Gascoigne was the, ended it was up the Gascoigne, the Gascoigne tier finals, tier tier yeah. 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 And he, as you say, it was just a loose arrangement. Just ring us when you get the chance. Yeah. A bit of an insight, a bit of colour from inside the camp be great this turned into an almost daily phone call Incredible. remember this is in the days before mobiles and email yes. and what have you so which involved Norman stopping what he was doing finding a phone somewhere in the hotel and ringing me here in Torquay quite uh with the kind of information that nobody else was getting no. at the time because and they it turned did, into into a real it, yeah, it was plus it, point for it the was paper, quite, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. There was I, one day I'm sure I he was I'm sure he was ringing from his hotel room sometime when one or two players had dropped in for a bit of treatment or, or something oh, quite like possibly, that. I yeah, think it was yeah. it was that sort of thing because often when he would ring uh, um, you'd put the phone down to him or, uh, and turn to me and say, "Oh, I've just been chatting to." He got yeah. He said one day he said, "Who who do you want to talk to?" I said, "Well, who's there? Who's passing?" He said, "Well, Gary Lineker's just here." So we put Gary Lineker on, and we got Peter Shilton, and we talked to all kinds of people. But the best one of all was um, uh, Paul Gascoigne had picked up an injury before one of the knockout phase games. Can't remember which one it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the speculation was all over the papers and all over the TV. Would Gascoigne be fit to play? It was the question everybody wanted answering. So I'm chatting to Norman, and there'd been a behind-closed-doors training match that day. And he said, well, the players who are definitely playing tomorrow were wearing the yellow bibs in this match, and I could tell you who they were if you want me to. So I'm, yeah, go on, please. <laughs> and he, he went right through the starting eleven for this crucial game and confirmed that Gascoigne would indeed be Was fit. wearing a yellow Was bib. Was wearing a yellow bib. Yeah. And so we were the only people at that time with that information, so we weren't quite sure what to do with it. So we duly served no, we it up to Herald to Express. Compromise him, did we? No, nope, uh, we that, didn't. That was the key. So Herald Express readers had that story before anybody else had that story. Yeah. So that was, yeah. but that was typical was of him. An absolute pleasure to deal with him. Yeah, what a typical nice of you know, unfailingly cheerful, yeah. unfailingly helpful, uh, uh, funny. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 always saw the best in people. Um, just a, a top bloke, and um, 
obviously he's been living in the south of France in retirement for several years. So in a, in, in lots of ways, we've missed him for a long, long yes, time before the news yeah. of his uh, yeah. uh, that he'd actually passed on. But um, a, a very happy period in the club's Indeed. life. Yeah. There, there were some downs as well as ups, but that never mattered to Norman. No. It was Monday was just another Monday, and carry on the same as always. It is. So there we go. Um, yeah, cheerio. We, cheerio to Norman. Yeah. We'll miss him. We'll move on to uh, matters that are happening More right up now. More up-to-date. Yeah. Uh, playing more. Uh, the news has broken overnight that Courtney Richards has gone. Courtney Richards has gone to Macclesfield. Yeah, um, uh, I, I think Kevin Nicholson, United's manager, had, had kind of resigned himself to that in a yeah. way. I think he'd, he'd, strictly speaking, the players who to whom he'd offered contracts should have given answers by I think it was the end of May, uh, June no first first weekend in yes, June I think it yeah. was and, and uh, um, in those circumstances funny enough Fleetwood have just been in that situation they've withdrawn contracts from players who hadn't come back to them I think really yeah, yeah. and and yeah. and, and uh, managers in these circumstances they bend for some and not for others yeah uh, but in in the cases of both Brendan Moore who was grappling with offers from other clubs yeah. and has now of course gone to Rochdale in League That's One. That's a good move for him isn't it? Well a yeah one it's a good move if he move. starts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if he ends up on the subs bench for the whole of next season. Uh, it's not going to look so great. Well I just yeah. you know, no point is there. No. Uh, he needs to play at the moment if his career is going to progress. Um, and also I, I think um, Kevin Nicholson had allowed Courtney Richards who let's face it was his captain. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more leeway as well and he's now gone to Macclesfield. Yeah, on a one-year contract, uh, quite an interesting move. That I, I, I would have thought that he would be looking to move up a division rather than sideways. Yeah, um, but you know, I think after three years, I was talking to Kevin the other day, and he said, three years here, yeah, good years." Um, uh, um, I think he was a player who. Um, not in a bad way, but 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 in a sort of a discussional way, uh, um, divided the supporters. Yeah, um, there were quite a few who you know who you know absolutely thought he was you know the the, the bee's knees, uh, and one or two others who doubted him. Yeah, um, uh, but you could never ever doubt his commitment no. and his work rate and his and his effort. But over and above that. Uh, I think probably from Courtney's point of view as well, he probably needs a move. Yeah. You know, you I, do need these changes of scenery from time to time. And I think it would have been a bad thing for him and for the club if he just kind of dropped back into the squad by default. Well, last uh, twelve months ago, uh, his contract was up then, yeah, uh, and and everybody thought that he was going to leave then, yeah, uh, and didn't, and he came back. And I think if it had happened again this time, uh, that yeah. would have been difficult ground for, for, for him and everybody I, um, I think this so, is the right yeah the right and, I, solution and I think I think it's one of those departures everybody wishes him yeah all the best and it, um, it frees up a, a fairly significant chunk of the wage bill well that's right and not only that it, it's it's uh, Nicholson has now got almost certainly to sign another midfield player which yeah. is fine um, uh, uh, and another captain of course which is yeah. even more interesting now we talked um, about that the other day didn't we and there's I mean Josh Gowling is obviously a Arrived, candidate. I would have thought so. Yeah, uh, Sean McGinty. Yeah. I would throw him into the mix, and of course Luke, Luke Young, Young, who's been yeah. captain before. I would think at the moment those are the three yeah. leading candidates, unless of course all of a sudden uh, Nicholson goes out and signs yeah. 
another who knows Chris Hargreaves lookalike or something Indeed. like that. But um, yeah, so that's uh, Courtney Richards is gone. Uh, we've already dealt with Brendan Moore, and as we speak, I'm pretty sure that Kevin Nicholson is trying very hard to nail down yeah. um, a new goalkeeper. Um, he'll need two keepers, won't he? He'll yes, need, I think he will. A, a younger understudy. I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and there are one or two candidates for that. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he's interesting that talking to, to Kevin this week, he, he's we've had a young goalkeeper. He's, he's actually 25, Brendan Moore, but yeah. young in terms of experience. Um, and uh, I, as far as I understand, the three goalkeepers he's been speaking to this week are all yeah. experienced guys. In other words, 30 plus around that age. And I think that's absolutely right. Uh, Kevin Nicholson played, um, you know, in in a team where he had some some you know very good goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I think back to the here we go again to the to the Leroy senior promotion season, and mm-hmm. United had two goal two senior goalkeepers on the books then. Arjun van Heusden, who was six foot ten or whatever he yeah. was, from Exeter City, and. Uh, um, Kevin Dearden, who was five foot ten, uh, and you could drive a bus through his his, <laughs> his bandy legs. Thirty six years old, and on the whole, with all due respect to Arjun van Heusen, who could be very very good on his day. Yeah. If you ask most of United's defenders at the time, who was their favourite goalkeeper, most of them would have said Kevin Dearden. Not because uh, he pulled off dramatic, spectacular saves, although he, you know he he he, yeah. he, he was a decent shot shot stopper but it was just the all round leadership and information yeah. and org- you know organisation experience know how he was a tremendous kicker of the ball yeah. and just positioning was fantastic that's well, right yeah. and they uh, you know good defenders appreciate that you know yeah. he was constantly telling them which shoulder the, their man was coming in on? Yeah, he, he, you know, when he told you to get tight to somebody, you better get tight to them because yeah. he was going to sort you out big time <laughs> later if you didn't. And 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 that kind of stuff. It's all about prevention rather than cure, isn't it? And and uh, Kevin Nicholson was quite sort of emphatic that he wanted yeah. a, a, a a leader back there. You know, in time, Brendan Moore may well become yeah. that, and and that will decide whether he goes on and has a top career rather than a, you know a, just a good one um, but that's the kind of stuff that yeah. just gets the job done week in week out um, it's you know as Kevin said goalkeeping isn't just about shot stopping no there's a lot more to it isn't it um, there have been signings since we were last podcasting I got a message uh, when I was in Portugal from uh, from my daughter Anna that said that we'd signed a hitman <laughs> for some reason her predictive text had gone straight to hitman <laughs> so I was a bit worried for a minute but it turned out to be John Paul Pittman yes absolutely yeah good he, signing well uh, uh, he had an interesting uh, last season he, he, he helped Grimsby to win promotion back into the yeah. league uh, he's been around Crawley, Oxford, Wickham. Good career. Uh, goals to starts is a very good ratio, yeah. uh, um, uh, and uh, quick. Um, and last season, uh, quite a few supporters said, "Oh, what was he doing playing for Harrogate in the, yeah. the the National League North? What's he dropping down there for?" And I said, "Yeah, but the whole point about Harrogate last season was that his ex-manager at Grimsby, John McDermott, had gone to to Harrogate." And they're one of the kind of ambitious clubs spent trying some to money get last absolutely, year, and they yeah. were throwing some money at it. And they offered him a very, very good contract to go to um, uh, to Harrogate, and he scored a goal every other game there. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I don't think the fact that he played a league down last year should necessarily be seen as a minus point. Uh, you know, he went there for perfectly good reasons and yeah. and did pretty well for them. Um, he's thirty, good age, um, uh, and in this league, he's got a bit of know-how and he's yeah. quick. Yeah. Uh, and I think those two weapons, you know, should should be should be pretty useful. He's done pretty well against us for other teams as well. He has, he? you know, yeah. as has yeah. uh, young Ryan Higgins, the right back, who's yeah. who, who's who's come in from Southport. Uh, I, I I must say, I, I like like one or two other people in the division. I was amazed uh, when um, he left Chester in eighteen mm. months at Chester. He always seemed one of Chester's best players against us. Um, attacking a proper attacking right back, he yeah. can play right midfield as well. Um, uh, um, spirited, get stuck in, you yeah. know, uh, a little bit like um, oh, who was the right back that uh, came and went last uh, last season um, in the first season, uh, who ended up at Dover, uh, Hurst, James Hurst. Yes, uh, you, the moment you see yeah. him, you think, oh my goodness, he can play. Yeah. Um, uh, Hurst has obviously gone on to pastures new, but the moment you just you look at Higgins and you think he'll do. Uh, yeah. All the basics are there. Wants to get forward. Got a goal on him, um, uh, and particularly with that, you know, uh, talking never had any problem with left backs, have they? Which everybody else struggles always done for, pretty but, well. But yeah. right backs, yeah. we, we seem to have struggled for. So hopefully. Especially with Jared Hodgkiss, I think not coming now. I, I think I'm he, sure I read that he signed elsewhere, for possibly for Macclesfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, we, we must check on that. Um, uh, so that that's I think that's a yeah that's a plus. plus so it's beginning to come together, isn't it? The defense is beginning to come together with Miles Anderson having rejoined yes. as well. I think the two the spoke. two that Nicholson has been chasing this week are a goalkeeper and a left back. Yeah, uh, we've chatted about the Miles Anderson situation before, where you know. Is he really going to be an option at left back? I'm sure he is an option at left yeah. back, uh, but is he a 40 game a season option at left back? Probably not. Uh, he's clearly come back uh, uh, on the understanding that he's got to fight it out with McGinty yeah. and Gowling for the set two centre back spots. Yeah. But I, I think it's interesting that Nicholson is looking for a specialist left back uh, rather than just saying, oh, well, Anderson will do. Um, I think Anderson, you know, is a, is a, is a left-sided central defender, yeah. and um, I think he and McGinty have got to fight it out yeah. for, the, for the slot uh, alongside Gowling. It's looking pretty good. I quite like that. And a centre forward. If yeah. we can get a centre forward, yeah. I think that's a, that, that, that'll be a, a, a big plus. There'll be another, uh, um, which is another one on the agenda. Another couple of players who I think we would both we would have pleased to have seen both of them back here mm. have now gone elsewhere. Chris Zabrowski, who of yeah. course has had his yeah. off-field problems. Uh, um, has has re-signed for Eastleigh. Ended up at Eastleigh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we'd quite like to see him back if he yeah. was if he was fit and at it and okay. Uh, and Josh Think Reece, things happen around Chris Zabrowski. They do they? on on the pitch yeah. and off the pitch, mind you. But on, on the pitch, things happen around Chris Zabrowski. Yeah, they? and uh, and uh, Josh Reese, who who I yeah. think quite a lot of United fans liked during his season when he was on loan from Nottingham Forest, yes, wasn't he? Was. Before last. Uh, he played last year at Chelmsford, who eventually lost in the National League mm. South playoffs to to Ebbsfleet. He's gone to Bromley. Um, I'd quite like him. Good player. Player. Yeah, he was, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. so they're, they're, they've gone, uh, and and we'll see now. Pre, uh, pre-season training starts next Wednesday. That's it early. Feels isn't awfully it? early That's to early. me, but there we go. Um, and I think uh, uh, the plan is to invite 
one or two yeah. suspects there'll in be an a trialist here and be, there, that's there. right yeah. I, sh I should be uh, popping my head up behind the hedge at, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> at seal hayne with my binoculars yeah. uh, um, to try and i uh, know i should turn up and ask who they are so uh, do we know this brett williams got himself fixed up as he I gone? haven't seen that he, he has no uh, but that having been away for 10 days i might, might have just well missed have done, it um, <coughs> but no, that's that. Um, uh, and and on other things, United have have, uh, have sold more than seven hundred season tickets so far on on the two early bird offers, which that's I a, think that's good, isn't it? Well, I think at the start of the summer, uh, United officials are going, "Ooh, this could be a bit tough." Mm. Uh, obviously, the, the, the last year's two hundred pound season ticket offer had came yeah. and went, and and that got a very good response. The price was always going to go up, and it did, or fairly modestly, I think, in the circumstances. But um, uh, they've done pre done pretty well. I think yeah. the, the, the take cash-wise is, you know, nearly as much as last year's. Uh, and of course, there wouldn't be the same impact on on match day uh, no. uh, revenue. Um, I mean, at two hundred pound a ticket, uh, people were missing missing quite a lot of games uh, yeah. and still yeah. being ahead financially. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, I think that's reasonably encouraging. Obviously, we've got there'll be a few more buying tickets yeah. between now and the end of we're, the season. We're not actually far away from those first friendlies now, are we? We're only no. a couple of weeks away from that's the right. first friendlies. That's right. Yeah, I think uh, pre-season sort of training begins then about a week later is the first quite, sort of friendlies. I think it's July it? the fourth yeah. or fifth, something yeah. like that. Yeah, with a game at Newton Abbott. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Uh, I couldn't help grinning uh, uh, the the because the football league fixtures are out this week and we've been talking about yeah. uh, our our Boxing Day trip to either Maidenhead, Aldershot, or Eastleigh, <laughs> yeah. or vice versa. Um, and I couldn't help noticing that Plymouth, of course, who've been promoted into League One, yeah. uh, on Boxing Day they are away to MK Dons. That's a schlep across the it, country, it isn't is. it? So yeah. Argyle are in the, yeah. a very similar boat to uh, United in terms of local derbies next season. I think they're home to Walsall, which isn't exactly a derby game. On, on uh, Exeter have taken over, by the way, our Boxing Day slot against Forest Green Rovers. They? So they enjoy that. Up that to them. <laughs> Let's hope they <laughs> do as well against Forest Green Rovers as we usually Indeed. do. But, uh, I notice they've knocked down the away end at um, St James's Park, uh, not, by the way. Oh, the away yeah, end. The away what end about the grandstand? Not sure. Uh, well, they're, they're, I think... I think they are inviting fans in to see if they want to buy any of the old seats out of the old wooden grandstand at St James Park. So, because I, I know they were concerned that if they had one promotion, yeah, because they lost in the playoff final to Blackpool, uh, that they would have to tackle a a, a League One season with a, at least a three-sided yeah. ground, as of course. United did not after winning promotion, but um, no, uh, a few years ago. But strange uh, yeah, big, big that's right, and um, big, having, big changes coming up at St James Park next season. Having stood on that, next um, that away end terrace many, many times, the yeah. bulldozers have done thousands of pounds worth of improvements. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure what they're putting up in its place, but it was one of those um, old-fashioned. There were only about four steps. Well, it, it was like Plainmore, you know, when. It, it, with the old railway sleepers yeah, up that's there, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. So we, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, uh, and we, you and I have been having a quick look just to round off uh, uh, at this Confederations Cup stuff, yeah. haven't we? Uh, mainly to try and the video, the video the assistant referee. Yeah, now, yeah. now, I, it's, there's a number of things going on in the game at the moment, and and you almost feel like saying, "Oh well, <laughs> it won't be for the likes of us." But you never know one day. No, do you, you don't. That's uh, true. Uh, and uh, I think both of us have have had a look at the video assistant referee in action 
in in Russia, and neither of us are all that convinced that uh, that it really works. In in, um, in doing some research ahead of the podcast, I watched about four minutes of the New Zealand Mexico game. I saw that as well. I watched a bit more than four. It was absolute chaos at the end. I think I think whatever the impression most fans have got, probably correctly, is that these the video assistant referee uh, is is to be used on in goal incidents yeah obviously you've got the goal line technology for deciding whether the ball's over the line that's fine but you know incidents surrounding goals a bit like in rugby yeah the referees in rugby can call on the booth to decide is it a try or not a try yeah. most if not all the other decisions are still down to the referee yeah uh, and you and i spotted this incident in the mexico new zealand game where the referee was what six or seven yards away yeah. from a clear tug back yeah. shirt tug back it was going to be a free kick almost certainly a booking for the Mexican player yeah. and then all of a sudden a big scuffle breaks out because New Zealand are desperately trying to get a goal late in the game yeah. there's a lot of pushing and shoving typical stuff and all of a sudden the referee instead of taking charge of the incident and sorting it out himself asks for help from the, the video yeah. assistant referee and I, you're going well that's not what, what it, no, that's not what it's for and it, it I mean, the players were on the edge of a punch-up anyway. Quite. I mean, personally speaking, I think half of them should be thrown out in the wake of it all. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, the, 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 both teams should be um, done for not control, failure not to control their to control players. Their yeah. players. Yeah. Um, the fans in the stadium didn't know what was going no, on. No, so the game is held up at yeah. a crucial stage. The free kick's ready to be taken, with New Zealand trying to stick the ball in the box so Wood can try and head, it, head the mm. equaliser. And how long did it take? Oh, it took about four or five minutes at least before. Yeah, the, because it was yeah. in stoppage time, yeah. and 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 it was just seemed a complete mess. Yeah. You know, of, of uh, and uh, you know, you we can sound like boring old luddites, yes, can't we? Yeah. But, uh, if if we're not careful, but um, uh, FIFA are. It's almost like FIFA are in catch-up mode at the moment. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they've suddenly twigged. Oh, we've got new technology to play with. Uh, and they're now talking about 30-minute halves with the clock stop whenever the ball goes out of play. Uh, they're, ta- they're talking about dribbling from free kicks and goal kicks and corners. Uh, they're talking about uh, no follow-ups to penalties that come back off the post or, or anything like that. Um, uh, the Sorry, that are saved. Um, See, those are um, all terrible ideas. Well, well I, I, exactly. I, well, I, th- I think so. Uh, um, in other words, if, if, a, if a player other than the goalkeeper is seen to be sort of diving or deliberately yeah. handling the ball and it would have gone in the net, a goal is scored, etc., etc., etc. And obviously, there are some things that are worth tackling. There are some yeah. things that are worth tackling. But look at, the, look at the one area of the game which has seen the most change in the last 10, 15 20 years the offside law yeah yeah. what a mess they've made of that you know they've taken a law which may not have satisfied everybody but at least was pretty clear and made it one of the most confusing uh, uh, um, uh, debatable parts of the game yeah you know in in which case the referee is supposed to look into the mind of a player and decide whether he was trying to influence the play or not well come on so if that's their track record of trying to meddle with the rules yeah well we're in for uh, we're we're in for trouble and I, I, I my final thing is over in America American football where in American sport the customer is king a few years ago they were sending decisions up to the booth all the time 
and they suddenly twigged, hang on a minute, the game is becoming even more fractured. I know American football is fractured by its nature. Yeah. And they, they stopped it and threw the most, of, most, if not all, decisions straight back to the on-field umpires and said, you get on with the neutral side. And they do, and you do have the odd controversy, and you do have the odd arguing point. But that's sport, though, that's isn't it? Sport, that's sport, and that's all about. Yeah. So, so just because you have the technology doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that yeah. you have to use it. We've all got brains in our heads, and you, you know, the tail shouldn't wag the dog. You know, it. it, it and, uh, and if one good thing comes out of these experiments they're doing in the Confederations Cup, it is sort it out before the World Cup next year because what happened last night in that game cannot happen in no, a competitive no. World Cup match. the worry is that Gianni Infantino the new set Blatter's replacement appears to be absolutely infatuated with all this stuff uh, I mean where these characters come from I, I, I really don't know they, but you've got to you know, we're, we've got brains in our heads we can make decisions yeah. about these things we don't have to have a piece of kit and you've no. got to use it um, so uh, well, well, I mean, well, it, it, get it, back to the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. What would Cyril Knowles have made of oh, it all? Yeah. <laughs> Cyril or Norman? <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time. This has been the Herald Express Devon Live Yellow Army podcast. We've taken up quite enough of your summer this week. Enjoy it. We'll be back next week. By which time the players will be back in training. Not long to go now. Come on, you yellows.